Blog Talk Radio. on this a beautiful a little bit toasty here in California new into late spring getting ready to go into summer day I hope everyone listening is doing well and of course staying safe we have another exciting interview for you today on the women entrepreneurs extraordinaire show I'm excited to be able to bring to you another guest that has a great topic and that is surviving how leaders can survive during this COVID-19 situation. And as we've been addressing on the last few shows over the last few weeks, of course, this is an unprecedented time. There isn't really a lot of guidelines. If this is a, a new normal that everyone is having to adjust to, and it has definitely affected those in business leadership, in corporate leadership, as entrepreneur leaders, it is all it's all things that we are having to kind of navigate our way through and find our, our finesse to hold our businesses together and to keep things going in a forward direction. And we like doing that at the Women Entrepreneurs Show by helping to bring in guest experts that can give you their experience, their tips, their wisdom to help you navigate this time of new normal. Now, I want to always remind everyone, please stay on till the end of the program because that's when you're going to get all of the information on how to stay connected with our guest expert as well as how to engage more with the Women Entrepreneurs show here and with our group, whether it's on Facebook or, or via the podcast or some other way, we would love to be able to connect further. So hang on till the end of the show. And as always, we value your time, and so we will keep the show in a, in a tight function as we go through and bring you some great information. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Now, I hope I don't murder your name, Ilana. Uh, it is Ilana Zivkovich, and she is the founder and CEO of Work. Work. Uh, it's actually spelled W-E-R. For those of you who are going to look that up on the on um, line, it is a strategic leadership advisory firm that is headquartered in Austin, Texas, serving clients around the country and abroad. An expert, she is an experienced executive leader and certified executive coach, and certified, uh, I believe it would be Genos, emotional intelligence practitioner. Zakovich helps leadership teams align their people processes, and strategies so that the businesses can achieve exceptional results. And I'm sure some of those strategies are going to come in really handy right now. So welcome to the show, Ilana. Ilana, are you there? Ilana, if you are there, we are not hearing you. Oh, these technical difficulties that we always have, always such a pain. You never know what's going to happen here. 
when you're dealing with the internet, especially right now, I don't know if you've if you've had those those crazy times happen. And let me reach out to her via a phone call and see if we can't get her on voice this way. Let me see here. So her. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her website. Her website is Work People, and as I said, that is W E R K. Can you hear me now? I can hear you on the phone, Ilana. <laughs> okay, I could hear you that whole time. I was I was sounding off appreciatively, but sorry about that. I'm here. I'm here. No problem. Well, how about if we just do it this way, and we'll just hold the phone up to the mic and perfect. We'll, we'll pray for the best. Perfect. Make it work. Exactly, exactly. And I don't, I don't know about you, but there have been with all of the, um, uh, the, I, the poor satellites have, are probably burning out with all this internet stuff going. <laughs> Every neighborhood around the world is stripping into capacity. So yes, it's been quite a challenge. Quite a here challenge. we are. We made it. <laughs> all right. So first, let me verify that I have pronounced your name right. Is it Ilana Zivkovich? Ziv- you know what, you're saying it better than the gentleman who officiated our wedding day. You're very close. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Alana Zivkovich, um, oh. and I do not hold anyone to that. So feel free to call me Alana. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I was looking over the website. Very nice. Very nice. Now, real quick, I, I, I this is my own curiosity. Tell me the background of the the business name. The business name, yeah. So for those on the show who have had the challenge of naming a business, there are a million options out there, and, you know, 999,000 of them, you don't like that much, and the other, you know, 999 are taken, and then, you know, you kind of find this one that seems to fit. So the origin of this, we played with a bunch of different ones. We had a few that we kind of liked, but not quite enough to, to make that commitment. And I was just sort of playing around one day with the different things that we wanted to be able to do and help people with. And uh, I'd written down the word workforce. I'd written down the word engagement. I'd written down the word retention. I'd written down the word quality. And those words were all sort of close enough together on the page. And I looked at those W-E-R-Q, the first letter of each of them. And I saw the word work spelled in this fun, funky way that I just I found playful and um, short, and, you know, sort of to the point. And, you know, my heart kind of skipped a beat. It was the same feeling I had when I figured out the name for my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I called my co-founder and shared it with him. And he actually has a background in radio. So he loved that the uh, letter, it reminded him of call letters for a radio station. It know? does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we do not use it as an acronym, but that, that was how it originally. Well, it's very, very original, very unique. I, I like it. I like it. It's something, something that, like you said, there's a, t- trying to find just that thing, and it's going to stick. And, and I love the fact that you take your, your skill set uh, to, from the corporate into the entrepreneur and, and back. You know, one of the things that I tell my entrepreneur co- uh, clients is that I'm going to treat you the same way I treat my corporate clients as the brain lady because it's you have to if you want your business to be really successful you have to think a lot of times the way that the corporate thought process is and just morph it into your into that entrepreneur setting so how are you dealing with you're going to share the topic we're going to talk about is five ways leaders can survive and thrive during the COVID-19 uh 
what have you found? How are you folks dealing with all of these strange differences going on right now? Yeah, we'll answer that two ways. I mean, the, the first is we're in such a privileged position to be a trusted advisor and, you know, a member at the table of figuring figuring things out and solving problems with business leaders all around the nation. And so, you know, we get to be a member of that conversation. Ostensibly, we're the ones asking the right questions and helping them come to solution. But I tell you what, you know, we're learning as much as we're teaching. <laughs> and so um, some of the, the things that are going on that are working really well, it's just the patterns that we have observed amongst the leaders who we're supporting and what they're doing that is translating into real success. You know, the, the other side of that is obviously the more personal side, which, you know, I would guess anyone listening in this moment anywhere in the world can relate to, which is this is a really challenging time. And whether you're someone that woke up this morning with the glass half full and, you know, saw all these silver linings in your life that felt like, gosh, I'm so grateful to not be on planes for a while or, you know, whatever your personal circumstance may be. Or if you're someone that woke up this morning and thought, gosh, another day without, you know, significant social contact and here are these same four walls of my home and I'm afraid about my business and I'm afraid about my health and my family. You know, I've been both of those people personally throughout this time, I think. Most of us have had moments or days or phases of both of those things. So, you know, some of the things that, that we'll talk about today are just on that very personal side. What is it like to exist as a human, let alone a human who does identify as an entrepreneur or a leader in some capacity where you're responsible for creating and solving the problem and people are coming to you for direction? You know, what what is that like and how do we kind of keep our head above water? <laughs> you know, so, um, I'm excited to dive into it because it just feels very, um, very personal and therefore very meaningful right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, so tell us, let's just get right into those five ways so that we make sure we get them all covered in, in the time. How can you or a, a business owner at this point in time optimize your team's performance and generate real results beyond this quote-unquote crisis that we're going through right now? Yeah, yeah, so how can we optimize our results? So um, folks are doing a lot of things that's working really well, but I have to be honest with you, the first thing, including as a business owner, that we have to do, that old, like, axiom of, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first, what we are hearing and observing in the population is if folks aren't taking care of themselves and their teams, we are not going to be able to produce in the way that we are accustomed to or would want to, especially at this trying time. So this is in no way a cop-out on productivity. It's in no way to say, you know, just go ahead and eat, you know, dark chocolate and stay under the covers all day. I don't mean that. <laughs> but really the first step is that real introspective look at what is it that I need at this moment to keep my bucket full. And how can I tune in to the needs of my team who are also responsible for bringing things across the finish line? How can I tune in and create structures that are as um, accommodating as possible so that they can also keep their buckets full so that we all have the best fighting chance? Um, and I don't just mean this for today. This, is, this circumstance is going to go on for a long time, and it's going to require a lot of resilience. And so... Um, really step one is that introspective look. What do I need? How can I keep my bucket full? Now let's get to the, you know, sort of hard skills strategy stuff. So um, I'll pause, but I would say 
you know, I think that's uh, really, really important because there is definitely an energy that leaders bring to the table. And the those in your team are looking at you for that direction. They're looking at you for setting the example. And if you come with a low energy because you are allowing too much to weigh down on you, then, yeah, it's going to affect the entire team's performance. So I, I appreciate that that is something that you have to work on having your mind in the right place and taking care of you, your status so that you can uh, lead effectively. Now, the second point is, or the second question we wanted to discuss is why is flexibility important in leadership? <laughs> and right now, boy, how important is that? Yeah, and I love how much we're all learning about that through experience right now. You know, I would argue flexibility has always been important in leadership. You know, you have sort of the older school management mentality, which is if your butt isn't in the chair from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., you know, with only a 15-minute lunch break in there or something similar, then you must not be doing your job. That's kind of the old school way, um, more sort of paternalistic and um uh, authoritarian in nature, and in recent, you know, years, decades, even, as we can argue, I, you know, the work community in general, and especially entrepreneurial companies, has most have moved much more towards really respecting the autonomy of their workers and focusing more on what's the result that this worker or this team can bring in, rather than what are the hours that they spend or how many reports they submit or you know anything like that, those more sort of um, static indicators. So I think we've been moving in that direction for a while, which includes things like more companies having work from home flexibility or even work while traveling or, you know, things like that, as well as just the hours that folks keep, you know, again, just focusing more on the end results. But at this moment in time, what's been really um, heartening, if we let it, if we let it be that way, is we're having to be so much more flexible with ourselves. You know, I'm sitting here right now with my fingers crossed that my four-year-old let them get through this <laughs> interview. I love it. Wanting to be a part of it. Um, we'll see how that goes. You've got CEOs of, you know, multi-billion dollar companies conducting a Zoom town hall and their cat crawls across their keyboard. You know, you just got all these exams all humanized. And so, and we were, here's the thing, we were always that same human. You know, there is only one me, there's only one you. you know? Right. It's not like there's a work me and a personal life me. There's just one me. I've just always attended to both things. And now we're attending to both things much more simultaneously and much more public in terms of the sort of intimacy of what our lives actually look and feel like. You know, even just being on a call and seeing someone's kitchen. You know? Right. That's a pretty a pretty intimate thing. So to round, you know, your question was around flexibility. There is there is the need for flexibility with others, but there's also this really primary need for flexibility with ourselves. And, you know, having to have work fit into life mm -hmm. in a way that it just hasn't at a mass scale before, you know. Um, and so I, I think that could actually be a really healthy transition over time for a lot of both workers as well as leaders and entrepreneurs is having more of that focus on how, how does work fit in with life and not, not trying to sort of strong arm it the other way around. You know, we see Fortune 500 companies saying at this point, we're actually going to have folks work from home if they want to for forever. It right. It kind of works, you know. So yep. You choose, like, what works for you, workers. So um, I actually think that's 
exciting possible um, benefit of all of this. You know, I agree, and it's it's being having an integration of work life as a as opposed to that you know, that balance that everybody always looks for, knowing that if you're working from home, it's got to integrate. You've got to do one thing one minute and one thing the next and being flexible. And if this is a new normal where we're looking at the potential of upsets like this, being able to really develop that flexibility muscle, so to speak, where we can, on a dime, spin into a different different direction to make our businesses successful. I think that's great. And I, I love that point. Mm-hmm. Now, how can leaders uh, prevent giving into panic instead of making informed decisions during crisis? Boy, this is a big one because there's still people that are just like, what are we going to do? So as a leader, how can you yes. set that good example and, and if you hold yourself back from giving into that, that emotional response. Yes, yes, it's such a good question. And as a leader and as an entrepreneur, and you know, I would imagine some of our listeners are, you know, leading or or, or founding all sorts of different businesses, small and large. And um, you know, what I what I would say here, there's a couple a couple key things that we can do that can really help. And this involves both how we make our decisions and save off panic, but also how we help save off panic in those who are looking to us for direction. And one number one is really take some time to sit back, to calm the wild horses, you know, inside and on the team, and look at what your strategy is today. You know, do a good, solid refresh because, you know, we make strategy based on data and also based on some of our best assumptions, you know, our traditional SWOT analysis as us looking at strengths and weaknesses, and those are inherently both objective and subjective, you know, things that we see or believe. And so those those beliefs and those ideas, as well as the data that feeds them, has changed significantly, you know, and rapidly, and will continue to do so. So setting aside time to say, okay, we're going to block and tackle, we're going to put out the fires in the business for this, you know, the duration of the week, but we're going to pause next week on Tuesday. We're going to spend three hours as a management team, or if I'm a single entrepreneur, I'm going to spend three hours where I turn off my email. I turn off the distractions, and I just give myself that space to take a deep dive into what does the new normal look like? What are the key kind of market indicators that we as a business need to be paying attention to that will impact consumer behavior as it relates to our products or services, you know, et cetera? What are our strengths and opportunities in this market? You know, what are the things that we might actually be able to do to provide value to our customers or our clients that maybe weren't valuable three months ago, but gosh, they're sure valuable now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but really setting aside that time to do a deep dive and ask all the pertinent questions about current state reality, where we want to go, what's realistic, and start to put in place those steps to get there so that we're not just reacting each day that we wake up to whatever the new headline was or one more, you know, client declined a contract or something like that. It's much more thought out and intentional. So that would be one. The second thing I would say within that is really sourcing the right data. So, you know, there is so much uh, frightening information mm-hmm. flying around the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you can latch on to one piece of it and have a real doomsday type of prediction. But rather than doing that, and again, it's very dependent on the type of business and the industry and, you know, local markets, et cetera, but really looking at what are those key 
indicators within the markets that matter to me and to my business that I need to pay attention to, and looking for sources that can report actual data, not ideas, not doomsday predictions, you know, but actual data. Um, so staying really connected to the um, sort of lifeblood of what's going on in the industries that affect your business. Yeah, I, I love that because I think it's something that right now everybody needs to be doing on a regular basis because that data is changing. And oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, there's stuff that we definitely could not do under no circumstances three weeks ago. Now, evidently, we can do, you know, it's, it's, right. it's, uh, it's changing rapidly. Yeah. Yes. So I, I love that. And I love the taking the time. I think that's one thing that I really deal with a lot of my clients with is being able to, I call it a brain dump, you know, everything with me is about yeah. the brain. So it's taking that time on a regular basis and dumping all the thoughts in your brain, moving them out on your, in your space so that you can see them and you can move into the areas that need the most attention and brainstorm when you've got it in your visual field in such a different way so that you're, you are making a, a logical, informed decision as opposed to one that is being motivated by that, that panic, oh, my goodness, how am I going to pay my bills this month, rather than, you know, getting a, a plan in gear as to how are you going to generate the income. A little bit different mindset. So. Now, I, I love that you work with emotional intelligence. A lot of people who know me on my Brain Lady Speaks, which is I'm going to have to have you on my Brain Lady Speaks Corporate Edition uh, podcast. You'd be a great fit for that because I, I deal with the brain personality connection, and I assess that those strengths and non-strengths in, in all of my teams that I help my leaders build. So from, from your perspective, why is that emotional intelligence, in, because I know that's in a similar personality assessing tool, why is that in in leadership more important now than ever before? Yeah, great question. You know, emotional intelligence, just in case anyone's listening and is going, gosh, that's fancy, but what do they mean when they say that? Because there's a lot of different ideas. You know, how I define emotional intelligence, it's a skill set, first of all. It's not something that we're born with and you either, like, have or don't. It's something that we can intentionally foster over time. So you listen to the rest of this and go, uh-oh, like, I don't think I have enough of that. Fear not, you know, the hard work here can improve the skill. Um, but it's really our ability to be tuned in and self-aware about what's coming up for us, be tuned in and as empathetic and um, aware of what is going on for others, and then to create a, be a set of behaviors to choose our next action rather than just react. Um, so that we and those around us can get the results that we're really looking for, you know, so that we can moderate our own our own reactivity and um, create circumstances that provide for good results. So it sounds kind of fancy, but emotional intelligence is the underpinning to things that are absolutely mission critical right now, such as, as I mentioned this word earlier, resilience. You know, if we are going to be resilient and thrive, you know, survive or, you know, dare we, dare we hope for it, thrive during this period, we're going to have to really be resilient to all the unpredictability, to all the stress and grief and um, sort of shared almost trauma reactions that the globe is going through right now for different reasons. And um, emotional intelligence is going to be the skill set that allows us to know when we need to 
you know, spend a little extra loving care or to know when that team member of ours, maybe they need a day off (laughs) or to know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how to reopen my office. Let me think through this, not only with the CDC guidelines or, you know, the local ordinances. Let me also think about how the decision to reopen or not may impact my workforce, may make them more or less likely to be able to be passionate and engaged in the work that they're doing on behalf of my team or my company. EI is that skill set that lets us cue into that, which at this moment in time, you know, always, I would argue, but especially right now, if we're not cued into those factors, we're going to really risk burnout for ourselves and for those around us. We're going to risk, to your you know, previous question, being reactive rather than responsive. We're going to risk going into panic mode and making decisions that do not serve us or our business. You know, right. Social intelligence is a skill set that's going to slow all that down and help us get out of that reptilian brain that kind of <laughs> freeze, you know. Calm that amygdala. Calm <laughs> all down amygdala and let get choiceful in what we're doing next. Yeah, I, it, definitely, definitely. I can see how that would be powerful tool for any business to have at the moment. So the last question that we wanted to go over was, what are the three key practices for building a successful team? And I think this is so important, not just for corporates. We know, you know, our larger businesses have teams all over the place and they have leaders within those teams. But I always, always tell my entrepreneurs, I don't care if you are the only main key person in your business. Outsourcing to other businesses is the exact same thing as building a team. You want that communication to be the same. You want them to be on board with you. So no matter where you're at, big, large, small, medium, whatever, you need to have a team. So um What are, Alana, what are the three key practices for building a successful team? One one that you enjoy working with as opposed to dread getting on the phone with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love this question. We could go over 30 key practices, you and I, I'm sure, but we'll we'll boil it down. We'll give give three highlights. So um, the very first thing is before you go to fill that spot on your team, whether to your point, that's with a contractor or an external organization or with an employee, you have to get really clear on what you need. You know, don't go out there into the world and just start talking, you know, chatting with people, <laughs> seeing who you like or don't like, or I don't know. You need to be really clear what, when you fill this empty spot on the team or in the organization, what is the need that's going to be filled? If we can be really clear on that, what's the value that they're going to provide? We're going to be 10 steps ahead. We're going to intuitively know far more questions to ask. There's going to be red flags that come up with some or, you know, big open green doors that come up with others. If we've really taken the time to identify what is my team or my business need. So do do yourself and your candidates the favor of doing that first so you know what you're looking for. You know, what does success look like in this candidate? You should know what does that look like. Um, the second thing is really be intentional. Take your time, map it out beforehand, do it well with your interview process. Um, we have a saying here at work, and everybody is sort of steeped in this, an interview is a two-way street. You know, we're interviewing them to join us just as much as they're interviewing us to ask, do you something, are these people that I want to get involved with? 
So be planful and thoughtful about that interview process. Think about what are the pieces that you need to put into place to verify both the competency of the person or the entity, as well as the cultural fit. You know, how are they going to mesh from a personality perspective? You know, what are what are things that you can do throughout the interview process to verify that? Um, and, you know, what are you going to be putting out during the interview process that's going to really help them feel excited about joining your ranks? You know, and that's going to be a little bit different for each person. But, you know, I, I had an experience early in my career where I was running a, a site and long story short, someone was coming in for an interview. There was a crisis that I needed to deal with. And I had to ask them to wait, you know, in the lobby with a cup of coffee, whatever. But it was probably 20, I was probably 25 minutes late for that interview. And it's always stuck in my mind because I, I walked down those stairs, I bring the person up and I could tell immediately they were off put by the lack of value that I'd shown for their time. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. Yeah. You know, it was, um, it was a good learning opportunity for me. So, you know, throughout the process, make sure that you're doing what you need to do to assess for how they're going to fit, but also to help them feel excited about joining you. That would be number two. And then number three is don't do the disservice of, you know, you get them through the interview process, they're filling the right needs, they're providing the right value, and then they come on board and you say, welcome, it's your first day. Here's your computer, here's your password, see you in the boardroom in a month with results. (laughs) (laughs) The onboarding process is is really a sink or swim moment for the hiring entity for you, the hiring manager. Yes, your you know, candidate, your new hire, is likely to thrive or not in that first month, but that's gonna be in large part determined or at the very least influenced by how much energy and thoughtfulness you've put into mapping them a pathway to success by how you handle that onboarding. So, you know, of course, in the interview process, you've tried to assure that they're a good person, you know, personality and culture fit, as well as a competency fit. But then the onboarding process is where that really gets to take flight. And hopefully they walk away from those first couple weeks or couple months and they go, wow, you know, I have been welcomed with open arms. I have had a red carpet laid out. I've got all the tools that I need to be successful. I know what success looks like in my role and how to get there. Um, If you can do those three things, know what you need, interview really well and onboard well, you are setting yourself up for success. I love it. I love it. Such great information. And again, it can apply across the board, no matter what the size of your business or your company is. Well, we are, we are just about out of time here. Uh, Ilana, Ilana, this has been such a great interview. You have such amazing uh, tidbits to really help and, and real, you're real, right? (laughs) Is my four-year-old going to behave? Um, You know, that's, that's what we're facing. That's that's our life. So for those who are listening, if you want to connect more with Alana, I would like go to the show page. There is a direct uh, link to their website. But if you are not at where you can do that, her website is workpeople.com. Now remember, it is and I I'm I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's W E R Q people dot and that's going to be how you can connect with her and she has a whole team you can look at read all about their company as well as the team of people that they have working there that she highlights which is just absolutely wonderful well Alana thank you very much for being on the program today and for being patient with our little uh hiccup during the beginning of the show I very much appreciate your time oh 
intelligence and leadership a little bit a little bit deeper all right thank you again for all right you too all right well everyone thank you so much for tying into the brain lady or to the brain lady speaks to the women entrepreneurs extraordinaire show uh for today uh wonderful information and remember if you are an entrepreneur it doesn't matter you don't say that this information doesn't apply to you because it does You've got to think as you're bringing in different individuals into your, uh, if you're having them do your website or you're having them do your, your copy or you're having them, you know, write your blogs off your podcast, whatever it is, they are part of your team. They do not have to be a quote unquote employee in order to be part of your team. They could own their own complete business, but you still have to treat them with all of these same keys because that is going to be what helps it to come to success when they are working with you and your company. All right. So I encourage you to reach out and stay in, in touch with Ilana Alana, uh, who was the guest today. Now, if you want to connect more with uh, our group, the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, go visit us at www <laughs> or http colon or forward slash whatever it is uh go to uh women entrepreneurs extraordinaire.com that is our main website again all plural women entrepreneurs with an s extraordinaire.com we also have our facebook page which is women entrepreneurs extraordinaire and our facebook group which is women entrepreneurs extraordinaire if you have information that you want to share, maybe you think you would be a good guest or you know of a good guest or you read a great uh, book, anything to help. Remember, the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, what we want to do is we want to be the one-stop shop, the resource center for women, for business, and for success. So share that with us. Shoot us an, uh, an email at info at info at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. And put in the subject line, uh, whether it's show guest or a great book or good resource or you want to become one of our members. We have all kinds of member. We have several different membership levels. If you just simply want to increase your SEO and have more international exposure because we are international now, then for $10 a year, you can have your business as one of our members on our member page with direct links, all the business information that you want there on the website, pointing back to your website, right? Whatever your topic or your skill set is. If you want to become one of our premium or our platinum members, our platinum members are ones that they get greater exposure into the business. They get more coaching, more guidance. They get a mastermind call every single month. They get mentions in the newsletters and in the notices that go out to our thousands of members and contacts. If you want to become, if you are an expert and you coach and you consult and you help entrepreneurs reach a greater level of success in their business and you want to be one of our premier experts, please join our team. We are putting this together. This is new. We're putting this group together and we're going to limit it to no more than 25 individuals so that we can keep the keep you highlighted every single month. 
every single month to the to the world really uh, through our various outlets. So reach out, put that information in the subject box, and send us an email at info at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. And with that, again, I want to thank everyone for being a part of the show today and listening in. And until next week, please enjoy every moment. Thank you.